2: you'll be
1: amazed at how many fans start showing up so visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner it's Mackie and Judd from the TCL studios TCL America's fastest growing TV brand
0: totally understand him I totally get it and he's dealing with Glenn who who doesn't know about basketball Colin Taylor. Yeah, probably. Yep. Well, I is think we wasn't concerned about the Taylor part. I, <laughs> I know. You, make, you know gonna make, you know <laughs> make money, but he don't know anything about basketball. Gentlemen, this whole
1: Jimmy Butler saga, first of all, Happy Friday. Hello. Indeed. How are you guys doing? Indeed. Yeah, skip, happy Friday. Skip that stuff. Yeah, let's get right to the Jimmy Butler saga. <laughs> um, well. We took the Jimmy Butler saga, and I can't remember who, the, I think it was a combination of Matthew Collar and Manny Hill, who were the original brain children of this, and said, you know what, this Jimmy Butler thing, I don't even know where it ranks in terms of historical Minnesota sports dysfunctional things, where you've got the star player who demands a trade, and the coach ignores those demands. He comes to practice, lights everybody up. Like Would that even be a top-five Minnesota sports dysfunction? Would it even be a top-20 Minnesota sports dysfunction thing? <laughs> We've got thick skin here when it comes to our teams and our players melting down and causing ruckus, right? So, you know, that turned into a Twitter conversation with Manny and his followers and kicking some ideas around, and then one thing led to another, and... dysfunction, Dysfunctional.
0: What's wrong with you? I remember, I remember when I lost my... Absolutely. The Minnesota, Minnesota Sports, Sports Dysfunction, dysfunction Bracket, bracket. <laughs>
1: is now live on 1500ESPN.com. <laughs> now, you actually had close to a 64
0: team bracket, but it, it was narrowed down to 32. Yeah, I got about 160 <laughs> or so replies, <laughs> but a lot of them were repeated. You know, hey, you know, a lot of people said, Well, what about the Wizinator and the, the the Gopher basketball academic scandal and you know, the Metrodome roof collapse and so there was a lot of repeated ones. So we ended up getting ended up getting about uh fifty one or fifty two actual items to use. And so I said, Okay, well, should we stretch this out to sixty four or have like an actual sort of uh committee, selection committee type of thing and narrow it down to thirty two and so that's what I ended up doing.
1: And here we are, Jud Zulgad. This is absolutely glorious. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely glorious. As the lead ambulance chaser at 1500 ESPN, you have to be
2: <laughs> as a guy proud. Who, as a guy who just went, went through all of the Boston sports success since the year 2000, and the fact that we can't get to a final. As a guy who was just informed via Twitter, it has now been exactly 100 combined seasons Since the Twins Wild, Wolves slash North Stars, or Vikings have made a championship appearance.
1: Man. I want to be clear here that that I think it's important to say that we're not, because sometimes people misconstrue this on our show. We aren't piling on. We're celebrating in it. We're from Minnesota. (laughs) We celebrate in this. What else are you going to do? Right? There's two ways you can go about it. Well, three if you just want to be oblivious to it. I said
2: this. I am happy for the people of Boston. I am not piling on anybody. But if you if you got something going for you, grab it and run.
1: Yeah. Embrace it.
2: Exactly. Have some
1: fun with it. So, gentlemen, we've got four different regions here in this 32 team bracket. Let's call region one the 41 donut region. Okay? okay. And let's just kind of go through you and I, you and I, Judd and Manny, we've all filled out our brackets, and you can fill yours out at 1500 Espn.com. This is not a joke. There's literally a link on the homepage of 1500 Espn.com. You can fill out your Minnesota Sports Dysfunction bracket. And uh, and we're getting fan voting at fifteen hundred ESPN on Twitter too. So the, there's there's a couple matchups already out there. But let's go let's go through some of these regions and break down some of the matchups and make make our picks here. Okay, mm-hmm. this, this is what we thought as we looked at this bracket. Um, <laughs> Forty one donut first round matchup against Jimmy Butler Wolves meltdown practice situation trade demand that the whole situation. Right. Who did you guys have advancing out of the first round?
2: I am going complete recency bias, and I picked Jimmy Butler.
0: I did too. Yeah, I went recency bias too. Yeah. But that's why it's, I did. But, it.
1: it's, but that's but that's more dysfunctional than just getting smoked in a football game. Right. right?
0: Exactly. That's exactly what the way I was thinking about it too. Yeah. yeah.
1: In terms of like. How bad you felt after the fact? Yeah, okay. Forty-one donut probably put a hole in your soul for a little while, at least for the first quarter. And then you realize it It was was, over. It was pretty
0: bad. That that was a pretty bad, ugly (laughs) Sunday afternoon at the Meadowlands, though.
1: (laughs) It was pretty bad, but it's not. But we're all saying it wasn't as dysfunctional. Let's we'll go through our first round picks, and then we'll get to the like our final four toward the end here. Okay. Sure. Cool. Let's stay in the forty-one donut region and get to this first round matchup between. The Gary Anderson missed field goal in the 1998 NFC Championship game versus the Gopher football 35-point blown lead, or was it 31? Whatever. I think it
0: was 38-7 to in the third quarter. So a
1: 30-plus point point blown lead in the inside bowl against Texas Tech. What was more dysfunctional? Oh, this
2: one I, I did pretty quick. The kicking, the miss. Gary's miss.
1: Yeah. So... I, I also had Gary Anderson's miss, but now that I look at it, I, I wish I hadn't writ this in pe- written this in pen because a missed field goal is not as dysfunctional as blowing a 31-point lead in the second <laughs> half.
2: I, I believe in this case the the term dysfunctional is very much open for your own interpretation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 1998 was this magical season that came completely unglued in the second half of that Falcons game. In my interpretation of dysfunction, I think I can go there.
1: All right. All right. What about this first-round matchup in the Minnesota Sports Dysfunction bracket? Norwood Teague's resignation and all that went with it, or the Les Steckel Viking season of 1984? Now, Judd, you could probably 13.
0: you could probably speak more to the Les Steckel season, right? Because you were alive then.
2: It was a mess. <laughs> it was a mess. But I had to go, Woody. I couldn't help myself, <laughs> even though even though Les Steckel showed up for training camp in Mankato in army fatigues. And at one point had like a chocolate bar in a baby diaper and pretended like it was poop and he was eating and
0: ate it. <laughs> okay, so once again, once again, I am interpreting dysfunction in my own way. So this was like an eight nine matchup, right? Because both of these are pretty Yes yes pretty substantially yes, dysfunctional. Man. Yes. But I I did go with the Norwood team.
1: I had Creepy Norwood advancing as well. Creepy Norwood. Creepy Norwood had a nice little run in my bracket, which we'll we'll get to. Uh, Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what he's doing today. Hopefully not near a phone. All right, first round matchup between... The Gopher basketball academic scandal of nineteen of the late, let's call it the nineteen nineties. Yeah. Let's be honest, because it was uncovered in what 1999. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Before the Gonzaga game versus Justin Morno and Tori Hunter throwing down in the Twins clubhouse in two thousand five. This one was simple. Go for
2: hoops. The fight. The fight in the clubhouse is dysfunctional, but fights happen, and sometimes they get reported, and sometimes they don't. But the complete meltdown of the Gopher basketball program caused by this made it an easy choice for me.
1: See, I didn't think it was as easy because if you look back now at the last 20 years of college basketball and football scandals, Having someone write a few papers for for the guys on the basketball team is really mild compared to like oh I don't know having a sex ring on campus at Louisville or another scandal that took place on the same campus that we'll get to that in- dormitory is <laughs> named after Rick Patino's relative let's who say- died in nine eleven okay well, let's just say there's a Xanax region of this tournament okay so we'll get to that too at some point so I, I had I did have
0: Gopher basketball advancing but too. not impressed we all have our <laughs> brackets are all the same so far at least in that region right. They're all the same well, so far
1: we'll get changed soon. All right, well, let's let's go to let, let's go into the uh, love boat region here where love boat in the first round, the Vikings love boat of 2005 took on Fran Foley's false resume of 2006. Were you covering the Vikings then, judge? Oh, I covered that whole thing. And
2: and this is going to make a very deep run in my bracket. Love Boat without, it's yeah, not Love Boat, right? Love Boat,
1: yeah, easy advance. This okay. is a one versus a 16. Yeah, so or was, a one versus an eight. It's a 32-team bracket. It wasn't close. Uh, okay, how about this first-round matchup of dysfunction between Nate Poole knocking the Vikings out of the playoff chase in Week 17, 2003, or the, go- this is old school, gopher basketball brawl with Ohio State in 1972. Grainy YouTube footage if you want to find it. I went brawl. Really? Yep, I had to go brawl. It was an all-time brawl. I had to go brawl. I went Nate Pool again. I, I think if we had lived through it, which Judd kind of did, you were like uh, three. Yeah, I didn't really, but it's a great story. Yeah, I mean the Vikings started six and zero that season, mm-hmm. so I'm adding that into. I mean that. that how, well, there's like three teams ever that started six and zero and didn't make the playoffs, and the Nate hey, Pool catch fair <laughs> enough would appear each his own, man. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, David Kahn. This first round matchup, David Kahn drafting two point guards over Steph Curry, 2009 versus North Stars moving to Dallas. This is a tough first round matchup
0: right I, here. I wavered on this one back and forth. I ended up going North Stars, but I, I sat and I'm so about proud this of you right minute. now. Yeah. You know I'm because, proud I'm a manny Hill <laughs> right now. The well, thing of it is is you guys know how I feel about David Gunn. Yes. And so that's that was a very, very tough decision, but I went I went North Stars just because I mean the whole a, a, a state that Loves its hockey so much, loses its professional hockey team. Two years after that hockey team made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, I mean it, and then you know Norm Green and all the the whole mess that that whole thing was. Yeah, I I went with North Stars moving on, and they not only lose
2: that professional hockey team, they lose it to Dallas, Texas. Yeah, so yes, North Stars easily for me,
1: not easily. David Kahn and his entire resume, (laughs) including the. The Steph Curry draft But also Darko Milicic Multi-year deal Michael Beasley Snacking on Skittles During team huddles Right Johnny Flynn Wes Johnson Was it Derek Williams Was another first round yes, Number two was. overall pick By And then there's the whole thing That may or may not have happened In a hotel room With David Kahn That whole story That with was With mole like, Or what With his mole The big mole Did something <laughs> well, that, happen In a hotel room add, With the mole the, I don't know What he's into <laughs> Behind the scenes <laughs> But I've got David kind of advancing because teams move all the time. It's not. A, it's a team, you know teams move all the time. Now, out of the state of hockey, adds a little. Your more hurt,
2: hurt is different than my hurt.
1: It's <laughs> okay. just that all right. simple. All right, <laughs> all right. And then uh, here is a first round matchup, also in the Love Boat region of the Minnesota Sports Dysfunction bracket. Michael Candy gets tasered in Indianapolis versus Demetrius Underwood leaving Vikings training camp.
2: I went Demetrius because that that was pure dysfunction, and it also uh, born one of the great quotes from Denny Green of all time because that was the same year that they took Culpepper in the first round, where Denny's like, "Yeah, he's gone," but that was a bonus draft pick.
0: <laughs> and I think Red McCombs is like, "No,
2: no, that's not how it works, Denny." But I went Demetrius. <laughs> it
0: was a bonus. Draft. Yeah, this was a pretty easy one for me. I went I went with Demetrius Underwood just because a, a first round draft pick who you kind of had some high expectations for just like disappears in training camp and everybody's wondering where he is. And obviously there were a lot of issues there, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Michael Olawakandy candy getting tasered outside of a nightclub <laughs> in Indianapolis because he was told to leave and he basically refused to. I mean, that's, that's pretty dysfunctional, but a guy leaving training camp for God knows why is uh, a little bit more dysfunctional. Yeah,
1: give mind. me Demetrius Underwood here too. Michael Olawakandy yeah. candy was famous for, with thirty seconds on the clock in the fourth quarter, he'd have his suit on walking across to Bellanote, basically. Like that that dude <laughs> They closed lived once to he club. left. Oh yeah.
2: They they had to go out of business once he left because no one was there to support them anymore.
1: Yeah. I think Michael Bennett and Michael Michael Bennett and Michael Olawakandy, the two Michaels of the early two thousands, <laughs> kept that place in business. Uh, oh, that's not all. When we come back, we'll write that down predictions in like fifteen minutes. We've got the knuckle push-ups bracket and the Joe Smith contract brackets to get to as part of the Minnesota Dysfunctional Sports Tournament. You can actually fill out your own bracket at 1500ESPN.com. We are celebrating dysfunction here. Uh, Football hour shortly at 5 o'clock. Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels. But every day around this time, every Friday I should say around this time, I catch up and talk long-term investments and ask questions to my guy Dale Tondrick, who helps... A lot of people get a handle on their long-term financial planning and making sure you're set up for down the road here. We call it the Friday Retirement Playbook. Just say this part the of that thing. intro, yeah. Tony Lee. Uh, we have this posted on 1500ESPN.com. Listen, this is therapeutic. We're just having some fun with... This, this all comes from the Jimmy Butler saga and all the, the drama with the Timberwolves. We just, like, we can never have nice things here in Minnesota. It can never just be Judd went over the Boston championship numbers compared to the Minnesota championship numbers. We can never have nice things. So we can either sit here and wallow in it, or we can have fun with it. And that brings us to the Kevin Love knuckle pushups region of our 32-team Minnesota sports dysfunction bracket. Voting available right now. We're going to roll out some of these matchups starting an hour ago. Twitter.com slash 1500 ESPN. Gentlemen, who did you have advancing in the first round matchup between Kevin Love's quote unquote knuckle pushups
0: versus Randy Moss returning to the Vikings in 2010? Manny, go ahead with this one. Uh, I know it's the knuckle push-ups region, but I had uh, the uh, Randy Moss return to the Vikings in 2010 with the victory here moving on because it, it wasn't just one thing. I mean, it was so many different things, <laughs> right? I mean, it was... You know, he, he has the press conference when he first comes back, and he says, "You know, get, get your '84 jerseys out," and you know this is going to be. you know, lucky,
2: I wasn't on that boat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Ziggy's in the back. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're not going to be laughing in a month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ziggy pops a couple pills. Yeah, passes out. and then and then afterwards, uh, after that Patriots game, his last game before they before Chile uh, decided to cut him loose, he goes up to the podium and he says, "I'm not answering any more questions from the media." If, you, if it's going to be an interview, I'm going to conduct it. Yeah. I'll ask myself the questions and then give you guys the answers. And then he
2: gave a brilliant press conference. Yeah. At which he thanked Dude. the Crafts and Robert Kraft and his wife and Bill Belichick and talked about love.
0: I miss those guys over there, man. I miss Tom Brady and Bill <laughs> Coach Belichick and all those guys, that's man. A, that's a pretty good Moss impression really right there. That's great. Uh,
1: I also had Randy Moss advancing to the second round here. Judd? The hat Okay. Yeah. Yep, right. yep. we,
2: we just knew so much. The love stuff was fun, but it was shrouded in this, was it about a girl or what happened? And we never truly knew. I feel, to Manny's point, the Moss stuff played out in Mm -hmm. such detail, it was too good to pass up in this case.
1: Yes. All right. Next first round matchup here, bilateral leg weakness of 2011, Joe Maurer, versus Mike Tice getting popped because he was scalping (laughs) Super Bowl tickets. All right. If the Vikings hadn't
2: been overly represented in this tournament, I think i go Ticey. But there's so many Vikings choices, and so few it seems like twins, I went bilateral leg weakness.
0: I just went BLW, as I wrote in my bracket, <laughs> in quotes. Just because up until... Up until then, I didn't even know it existed. I don't even know if it is, even to this day, seven years later, if it is even a real It thing. doesn't I, exist. I, I, it doesn't exist. It's I a mean, fairy tale in itself is Actually, this, I'm
1: pretty but, sure Wilson Ramos was... Cla- Wilson Ramos hit the disabled list this year with bilateral something, like bilateral... It was almost the same definition, different <laughs> franchise. So it it comes around, but you have to be a Twins catcher at one point for it to come around. Yeah. Wilson Ramos caught it in 2010 <laughs> just, It just reared its ugly head. All right. Um... Wizinator versus Metrodome roof collapse.
0: This was a hard one for me. This was very,
1: very hard for I me. I went, I went roof collapse because who hasn't been caught with some <laughs> paraphernalia at an airport? What is his cousins? You know?
2: Didn't he say it was his cousins or something? <laughs> I think so. That he was trying to it get through. It roof? was Kirk Cousins. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great, one of Kevin Seifert's greatest scoops at the Star Tribune was getting the tip about that one.
1: Was it, was it just the... No, I'm not going to finish now, that. Yeah, don't. <laughs> I
2: purposely set you up to see if you would go with it, and you almost did. <laughs> you almost did. Um, I, I covered the roof collapse, so it's not close. Yeah. When you're in the midst of that season and everything's gone wrong, and then the it's supposed to be a funny comment, what's next? The roof's going to collapse? And then it does.
0: Yeah. I went with the roof collapse. Yeah, too. I did too, just because it's like, you can't even, you, you wake up that Sunday morning and you're just like, you turn on the TV and it's like, oh, the Metrodome's roof collapsed. So the scheduled game between the Giants and the Vikings is like, yeah, it's not going to happen today.
1: It's the season in which the sky literally was falling yes. on the Minnesota Vikings. Correct. Yeah. Uh, all right, next first round matchup here in the Kevin Love Knuckle Push-Ups region. The Blair Walsh missed 27-yard field goal. Or Percy Harvin throwing a dumbbell at Brad Childress in the way room. I went with the Walsh miss
2: just because it it continues the trend of just these epics. Epic. How did yeah. you miss that? Uh, the Harvin thing has more has probably more luster to it. It's more fun, but the Walsh miss really seems to fit into the dysfunction that seems to follow this franchise.
0: I feel like the 2010 Viking season could have its own region. Oh, because it's like there's like four or five different things from that season in this bracket. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah,
1: we actually—spoiler alert—we taped Sage Rosenfels earlier, and and I'm not going to give away his answer, but we asked him at what point. Judd asked him this: at what point did you thank the football gods that you weren't going to be a part of that 2010 team? And his answer is pretty funny. <laughs> um, it's a clean sweep there for uh, for that one. Let's go to the Joe Smith contract region, gentlemen. The Joe Smith under the table region. <laughs> Where uh, Joe Smith's under-the-table contract squared off against the Gopher football protest from two years ago, the one where they really didn't even know what they were protesting, and then they backed off from the protest, that whole thing.
2: Yeah, where they were defending Coach Clay's, and then Tracy put out the tweet that, and you said to yourself, "What is
1: Tracy has Twitter?"
2: Is what I said to myself. What are the main What are the main players in this actually doing? Uh, I I went the easy route here, the simplest to me. Joe Smith. Yeah, Joe Smith. I mean, it set the franchise back. It cost him, what, initially five down to three first-round picks? Well, at at a time in franchise
1: history where not only Kevin Garnett was in his prime and one of the best players in the NBA, but because of Kevin Garnett's contract, and you also, I think at that time, had Wally Zerbiak, and you didn't have a ton of cap space, which is why they had to pay Joe Smith under the table. So without cap space, and then without four first-round draft picks because of this getting caught with this— you couldn't improve a team with Kevin Garnett as the centerpiece. Well, like You just, could have added
0: first-round picks for four years, and then you didn't have a chance to. Well, and just the idea of trying to sign someone to an underneath, knowing that you can't do that, and still trying to do it, like, it's just... And who idiotic. puts it in a drawer in writing? Don't put it in writing. Who yeah. throwing just, in the drawer? It was just idiotic. The whole, just everything that was done in that situation was idiotic. So, yeah, it's Joe Smith for me. Can't have a paper trail.
1: All right, let's move on here <laughs> through the Joe Smith contract region. Brett Favre's interception against the Saints squared off against Gopher Wrestling's Xanax scandal. This is incredibly easy for me, and maybe it's a first-round upset because Brett Favre throws interceptions. It's mm-hmm. not, even, that's not even a controversy. But for the Gopher Wrestling team, led by one of the legendary wrestling coaches in the history of the sport in this country, right? He's one of the great college wrestling coaches ever. To have a, essentially a drug ring, <laughs> that's advancing easily for me. Manny?
0: Yeah, I, I basically echo everything that Phil said. The Favre interception is just like <laughs> see. I mean, it's so. I mean, what was, that was like in the midst of like Brett Favre right. ending ending like three consecutive seasons where his last pass was an interception of yeah. that season if or whatever. It, so that, that's just what Brett does. That, that's what. If he does. it had
2: just been the INT, I'm with you guys, but it wasn't. The INT was a product of calling a timeout and then somehow putting twelve men in a huddle. Uh, with Lafau, Lafau, out of Lafau, a timeout, uh, so because of all the things that actually led up to that, I went with the Brett Favre pick. It right, was a tough no. pick, but I went with the Brett Favre pick. Um, right. uh, um, Lafau, Brad,
0: uh, we need to of that. Hole. Talk
1: to me, Brad. Brad, can you explain what happened at the at the end there with the 12th men and the interception? Um, uh, <laughs> um, or yeah, uh, no, um, uh, Brad, if you could, if you could. Uh, all right, do we have two more items here in round one? all part of the Joe Smith contract bracket. You can you can fill out your bracket at 1500aspn.com the Minnesota Sports Dysfunction bracket. Adrian Peterson using a switch on his kid. It's a little bit dark. Or the Gopher football meltdown against Michigan. I got this is another one that I I filled this out in pen just going through it fast and I picked AP's switch Yes, I would have. They they blew a bleeping three touchdown lead in the fourth quarter at home against Michigan. But here I, I, I have to have that advance over Adrian Peterson. But here's why I picked AP, because the dysfunction
2: is true here, where where Peterson was taken into custody, I believe, flown out, missed the Vikings game on Sunday, and then if you guys recall, I believe it was on Monday, where the Vikings got up and said, "This is a family issue. This ain't no football issue. Adrian's gonna play on Sunday." And everybody, rightfully so, flipped out. And and also, the dysfunction of the fact that the Vikings hung the Radisson banner in back of Rick Spielman as he announced that this, well, I mean, it's a family problem. All of those things. As much dysfunction as the Gophers provide us, that, to me, was
0: an ultimate Vikings dysfunctional moment. And then we got the repeated answer of, we just have to get it right. We just had to get it right. And that was right? they when were they were doing when well. When they decided, when they decided yes. to, to suspend him, right? They changed their mind and said, We just had to get it right. (laughs) We just had to get it right. I actually went go for football here, too, just because, to Phil's point, they blew a three-touchdown lead. (laughs) You win that game, it changes the landscape of your program. It does. In all likelihood, go to the Rose Bowl. And the fact that you blew that lead because John Navarre kept throwing screen passes to Chris Perry... Sometimes to the right, sometimes to the left, and you could not stop it for whatever reason. Well, the other
1: notable Gopher football meltdown of that era is part of our last first-round matchup here. It's the Gophers' muffed punt against Wisconsin in 2005, where they blew a 10-point lead with like a minute to go. <laughs> and they ran, But In both those games, the Gophers ran for 400 yards and mm-hmm. then couldn't get a first down when they needed it because whatever. Uh, and that up against the Vikings' meltdown of 2016, starting 5-0 and finishing 8-8 on the season. I had Gophers punt meltdown easily advancing there. Easily I'm with, advancing. I'm
0: with you, yes. Okay. See, I, I took the Vikings meltdown because they started off 5-0 and we were all looking at them and saying, oh my gosh, this team might go to the Super Bowl. Look at the way this defense is playing yeah. and Bradford is playing great and Look at how this is going, and then just everything just came tumbling down. <laughs> well, we saw
2: T.J. Season. Clemmings play and reassessed yeah. our evaluation of the team very quickly. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: All right, let's speed ahead here before we get to write that down predictions. Let's go around the room. What did you have in the championship matchup of your Minnesota sports dysfunction bracket, 1500 ESPN.com, <laughs> and, and what do you have as the champion dysfunctional moment?
2: My championship matchup is the Gary Anderson 1998 miss, the the love boat and my champion is the love boat. So many so many moving parts to that situation.
1: Wait
0: okay I see what you did there. Okay. Manny? um, I have the uh, Metrodome roof collapse versus the uh, the love boat in the championship matchup and like Judd I have the love boat winning the entire thing just wow. because you can't you can't make it up like you just can't make it up and then Barstool does the like the little mini <laughs> documentary with Fred Smoot. Did yes. you guys see that? It's like 20 minutes long. It's it's fantastic. So yeah, it's so love boat for me.
1: I also had Love Boat in the championship matchup, but getting upset by Randy Moss's return to the Vikings Whoa! in 2010. Because in the most dysfunctional season in Vikings history, Randy Moss's return, which only lasted like five weeks. And us going from cloud nine. Oh, my God. Randy Moss is back to save the Vikings to what was left after he got a coach fired. He ha- he basically corrupted the most talented young wide receiver on the franchise's, you know, Percy Harvin. And he also threw Tanucci's restaurant under the bus in yes, a very public display, too. And a whole laundry list of things as well. Him basically begging to go back to the Patriots by the end of his run there. Just like where we were when Randy Moss... Came back. Yes, this is gonna be amazing to what the hell just happened at the end of it. <laughs> it is the most dysfunctional thing that I can that I could say happened in Minnesota sports history.
2: That felt so, good. That felt good to get that out. <laughs> oh, great.
1: So you can fill out your own brackets and you can see the screenshots of our brackets at fifteen thirty spn.com. There's just a big link beneath the, uh, the the center picture there and we'll have voting on Twitter. We're just gonna have fun with our own dysfunction or the next couple weeks. Well we weeks. should. Yes. Uh, So before we get to write that down predictions and an accountability session, when we come back here, let's. Now, back to Mackie and John.
0: Hello, boys.
1: Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. What do you think?
0: (laughs) That's pretty cool, I guess. On
1: 1500 ESPN.
0: Write that down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well,
1: remember that. That's All right, we have, we have good news and bad news for Manny. The good news is you now have your own statistical category and write that down. <laughs> oh, that's
2: not good news, Manny.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. Part two is going to hurt you. <laughs> that's the bad news. The bad news is you, uh, you, you're not doing well, but it's early for, for you. Um, <laughs> if you're new to the show or new to the mm-hmm. segment, every Friday we go through three predictions each and also listener predictions which you can email in any time during the week at Mackey and Jet at 1500ESPN.com, and we keep track of our predictions and our batting averages, unlike other sports talk shows where you just make predictions and there's no accountability. Nuh-uh, not on this show. It's oftentimes embarrassing. It's mostly embarrassing. I enjoyed the, the days show. when we didn't hold ourselves accountable. Well, let's start with you. Oh, great. Uh, we missed this one, but you said Brian Dozier would hit 15 home runs or more in the second half of the regular season. <laughs> Did not happen. Keep going. Uh, he barely hit 15 home runs on the year. He didn't hit any with the Dodgers really. He hit like 3. Yeah, like 2 in the first 2 games. You said Tom Thibodeau will not be the Timberwolves coach on opening night. I'd like to appeal
2: that because I should be right.
1: <laughs> well, you also said Jimmy Butler would no longer be with the franchise on October 19th. As far as I'm concerned, I'm What's 2 for What's the date
2: today? I'm 2 for 2 on those. <laughs> the 19th. Because you should be right. Yeah, I should be right. Hey, just because dunderheads aren't listening to me doesn't mean I'm not right.
1: Uh, I said the Gophers football team would cover the thirty point spread.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a little double. They yeah, they cover comfortably. Single. It's a spread, Judd. It's a, like spreads are fifty fifty by nature. It's a single. I could have called that. Okay, Mister Gopher's Optimist. <laughs> hey, they played a decent game. We have precedent when we when we put spreads on the show. It's always been a double in this segment. Manny, you predicted. <laughs> I like it. You predicted Jimmy Butler would be traded to the Knicks by opening night. Yeah, that didn't happen. Nope. You should have been right. <laughs> Couple listener predictions came off the board. Lance predicted long ago that Matthew Collar would write an article praising the Jets for signing Teddy Bridgewater and demeaning the Vikings. That never happened. I went and did a, I did a Google search, no. went through a website, and never happened. He didn't have time. Too much Kirk Cousins. Teddy stuff. got traded too quick too. That too. If Teddy had stuck there, there's a much better chance it could have happened. Yep. Uh, and the dude predicted Mike Hughes would have three combined touchdowns this year. Unless Mike Hughes scores three touchdowns, well, he he has one though, right? Yes. So he needs two touchdowns on a torn ACL. Probably not going to happen. Uh, we do we do have someone with a Teddy Bridgewater prediction that says he will throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns against the Vikings this season. The spirit of it was, well, he's going to play for the Jets. Mm. But there wasn't a team specified, and he plays for the Saints. And so like if Drew Brees gets hurt or something, we're going to leave that one on the board until the Vikings are done playing the Saints. Mm. So for now here, the batting averages are, uh, Judd, you're down to 235 on the season and slugging 429. You're in a deep slump. Uh, I'm at 265 and slugging 470. Manny has no hits. You're 0 for so far. Listeners are batting just 215, slugging 415, and our guest predictors are batting 231 and slugging 625. So, mostly a disaster on all fronts.
2: I'm getting screwed by people who aren't doing the right thing. <laughs> write it down, you like I'm right taking things, no I'll responsibility. I'm cousins like. I'm taking no responsibility. It's other people's fault. Uh, you lead us off. We'll go around the room here. <clears throat> Given what I've seen the last two games, including in person on Sunday, Steve Wilkes will be fired as the Cardinals' coach after this season, meaning he's one and done. Okay, Steve mm. Wilkes has no chance of surviving that mess.
1: So, isn't the story there that he, who's the owner again for the Cardinals, the Bidwells? That one, that one of those, yeah, the, one of the Bidwells. Michael, I
2: think. Now it, it was his dad, Dad Bill, but I believe he's passed.
1: Didn't he? I think he ran into Wilkes on vacation. Yes. And they hit it off over cocktails or something. That is in, correct. Like Mexico. That's correct. And that's why he got hired.
0: Yep. Yeah. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Manny. Eli Manning will retire after this season. All right. He is done. Per- he is Perhaps
2: he should take take a cue and do it next week, but
1: <laughs> hey, his passer rating is still higher than Dan Marino's career because of NFL rules in 2018. <laughs> Uh, all right, write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. This might be a single, actually. I wrote this down earlier in the day. I, I'm going to stick with it. I said fans will vote Love Boat as the dysfunction bracket champion. The Minnesota sports dysfunction bracket champion, as voted by fans, will eventually wind up being the Love Boat. And You guys both have the love. Write it time. down.
0: You like writing things down.
1: Maybe it's just too obvious. Back to Judd. I'm going to go for
2: immediate gratification. Anthony Tolliver will have at least five three-point attempts tonight against Cleveland. <laughs> he had one. I know. Anthony Tolliver will have at least five three-point attempts tonight in the Wolves' home opener against the Cavaliers.
1: Okay. All right, that's fair enough.
0: Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down?
1: Oh, you see this? Uh, Frank Isola. I think he's downtown Minneapolis oh, right he's now. There. He's like I don't know what building oh. he's in, but. On, uh, pardon the interruption here, Frank Isola, just some in some high rise downtown Minneapolis Where is with some he? major, major. That's the splendor. Hilton behind him. I don't
2: know. Is someone, CCO? Someone? Uh,
1: CCO TV's right
2: by the sure. Hilton. I'm not
1: sure. All right. He looks like Bert from Sesame Street, Frank Isola. I'll tell him that tonight when I see him.
2: <laughs> hey, Frank, you don't know me Doesn't but My, like my on air
1: partner thinks
2: you look like Bert. <laughs> All
0: right, back to Danny. Uh,. I'll let you guys decide if this will be a, a, a triple or a home run if I get it right. But um, the Boston Celtics will win the NBA championship this year. Ooh. Uh, it's a triple. Triple. It's a triple. Because I mean, this
1: is my personal thought. I mean, if you, pr- if you predict the winner and it's not Golden State, it has to be a triple or a home run. Because, you know, there's probably only a 15% chance or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's probably, probably close. I'm, I'm going to say triple. I think the Celtics are the second most likely team to win the title. If they stay healthy, they're in the finals. Most so likely, their yeah. road is not nearly as tough unless you think the Raptors, I mean, the Sixers aren't ready yet. Unless the Sixers add Jimmy Butler for Markel Fultz or something. So yeah, we'll, give you, we'll give you a solid triple there. That's right. fair enough. Write it down. You like writing things down. Uh, all right, write this down. The Minnesota Twins will bounce back in 2019. They'll add some, I don't know, a couple key players in free agency. They might make a trade or two. They'll have a new manager, a new energy. They will make the playoffs in 2019. And wow. it's still a terrible division. So they're going to do what Cleveland did, which is feast on a bunch of Tigers and Royals games. So they'll make the playoffs. They will make at least the wild card game All right. in 2019.
0: All right. <laughs> write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down.
1: My final write that down
2: for this Friday. The Los Angeles Chargers will move back to San Diego by 2021. <laughs> Okay,
1: yeah, it's <laughs> a little open-ended. Three, three years. It's to, a little this o- is a classic open, Judd
2: prediction, but they he are, like gives you
1: five-year window.
2: I saw, I saw the Chargers and Rams season ticket sales so far for the building that they're both going to play in near the airport out there, and the Rams, of course, are doing fantastic. The Chargers are selling no tickets. The Char- they're Why gonna, is that? They're going to realize. just because
1: they don't need, the, I mean, two NFL teams I just think is, the Rams. I
2: think the, the Rams are, are the heritage franchise there, and the Chargers are San Diego's team. And Los Angeles should have a team, but they should probably have a team. Like, there's no need for two teams.
1: And they already have a team.
2: It's called USC Trojans. Sure, exactly. So anyway, <laughs> right. the Chargers are going to move back to San Diego.
0: Write this down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. The Michigan Wolverines football team, coached by Jim Harbaugh, will win the Big Ten. They're going to beat Ohio State, they're going to win the Big Ten, and they're going to be in the college football playoff.
1: Okay. I actually have a very similar prediction Okay. with a different team. Hmm. My team.
0: Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then.
1: That would be the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I was talking uh, via text last weekend with my buddy Chris Long, and he's also a a noted fighting Irishman. Yes, he is. And we both watched with a group of friends. We rented out a a community space with a big screen TV and watched the Notre Dame Alabama National Championship game with Manti Teo and his fake girlfriend. This Mm -hmm. is like six or seven years ago.
0: 2013. January 2013. Yeah.
1: So five five years ago. Mm -hmm. Six, whatever. Six years ago. And... It was so exciting. Notre Dame is back, baby. They're going to take down Nick Saban, Alabama, and the game was over in five minutes. It was They, they got ran out of the, the stadium. So write this down. Notre Dame will be a participant in the college football playoff, and they will get beat by at least 20 points by Alabama in that game. <laughs> and I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I'm telling you that. Notre Dame will get to the college football playoff, and they will get beat in that game by 20-plus points by Alabama because mm. they're not good enough. What a buzzkill of something I thought was going to be positive when it started. Okay, then. Isn't that every segment you've ever done without me? I'm proud of you. No, don't get me wrong. I just didn't see it coming. Uh, The football hour is creeping around the corner here. Matthew Collar will join as we preview uh, Vikings Jets this weekend. Sage Rosenfels at 515. Mackie and Judd are back. I
2: have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On
0: 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check on your traffic quickly here. 35E northbound, we have a crash in St. Paul. That's between University Avenue and Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, factoring about a six-minute delay there, and 94 eastbound. We still have that crash uh, in Minneapolis uh, between 35W and Highway 55, uh, factoring an extra five minutes there. Gentlemen? A lot of that is, you know, like the, uh, you know, the switching that they did uh, you know, it limits, you know, sometimes uh, the opportunities to get those. And so, uh, you know, whenever the, you, we can get two on the ball, it creates, that's where his value is. And his value is to create space. And I think, you know, cat being out hurt us in, in that sense. And then, um, you know, they did a lot of switching on the pick and rolls. And so they w- weren't coming off his body, but, um, you know, I think they'll be there over the course of time, but everyone plays them to take that out.
1: That was a Tom Thibodeau trying to explain how Anthony Tolliver could be signed to shoot three pointers and play 20 minutes and have one three
0: point attempt. So, yeah, I don't even think it was a three point attempt. I think it was like a two point shot. Oh, was it? I yeah. thought it was a three. Well, either I don't way, think it was a three.
2: And and he, he also came out today and said that Okogie's not part of his rotation, which is a nine man rotation, which means the two draft picks, <laughs> including the first round pick aren't going to play despite the fact that the team is supposed to be actively trying to trade Jimmy Butler which means that they in essence are going to admit that yeah. they're a non-playoff team.
1: Yeah, and let's and let's be clear about something. I, despite what Glenn Taylor says, they aren't actively trying to trade Jimmy Butler anymore. This was this was Tom Thibodeau buying himself at least 20 25 games. Like Tom Thibodeau spending a month navigating choppy waters and somehow getting Jimmy Butler to come back to practice. And riding out the the national waves, and Rachel Nichols coming to town. He told him hostage. But once, what once Jimmy Butler stepped foot on the court for Game One, Butler gave away that that piece of leverage, anyways, right? Because because Butler could have said, "You got to look for these. What are the action points?" Well, yep. Action point number one was the start of the season, and Jimmy Butler blinked. If because mm-hmm. if, because Butler could have said, "I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna suit up for you. I'm gonna sit out games," and then they could have started to find him. Although Tom Thibodeau might have might have stumped for them to not do that. I'll pay you fine. Right. So what's the next logical action point? It's the trade deadline, right? Well... Is there another logical I, action point? I think it it's not... It
2: wouldn't qualify as logical, but I think the next action point is the next complete Butler meltdown, which will happen
1: before that. But why would that be any different than the one he had publicly, what, two, a week or, or two ago? Or Or he says...
2: I'm going to get a knee scope or something. Well, that would be. I think something. I think something's going to happen long before February. That's going to trigger either him being done for an extended period of time, or or we're going to get this is not sustainable again.
0: Yeah, I think one date in particular to sort of look at and think about is December 15th, for two reasons. One, because that is when any player that was signed in the off season is eligible now to be you know, signed as a free agent in off season is eligible to be traded. So that opens up more opportunities for more options, I guess. I, and also I, I think that's a good point of the season where we're going to have a really good idea of where this team is at. Mm-hmm. If they're going to make the playoffs, if they're going to be even in that mix depending on how they're playing and depending on the morale of the team and all of that, I think that's going to be a really good point to where we have a, a good sense of where this team is at. Yeah.
1: You know, the the Carmelo Anthony example from, what, six or seven years ago now? I think it's like seven years ago when he was with the Denver Nuggets. And if I recall correctly, Carmelo was a guy who played 82 games every year and really didn't have any injury issues up to that point. You know, Carmelo, I'm just pulling up his page right now. You know, if, if the Nuggets were going to play that game of chicken... Uh, Well, Carmelo, yeah, Carmelo, 75, 82, 75, 80. Uh, There were times where he'd miss like four or five games here and there. But Jimmy Butler never even plays 70 games, right? Jimmy Butler is a dude who plays 55, 65 games. It's just a more dangerous game of chicken When you're trying to milk value, milk value, milk value, see how far you can go with a guy who's had knee issues and who sits out 15, 20 games at a time.
2: But while I think you're right, and and I think Tibbs is going to drag his feet as long as he possibly can, I do think the Butler camp was told by Taylor, we are going to try and trade you. So at some point in time, they're they're going to come back and say, what's going on now? And if Glenn's like, well, we're still trying and we're still trying, at some point you're going to trigger another incident.
1: You know, have you guys been following at Timberwolves on social media here in the lead up to this game tonight? Uh, or, I have not actually. Yeah. So then I'm, I'm, I mean, they're doing what they have to do, right? They're trying to, they're trying to, I'm not even ripping them. They're trying to generate excitement. And I'm just, so they posted something, I think it was yesterday or maybe this morning. And it was last year made the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. You know, now we, I'm paraphrasing, now we embark on a new season. And it was a picture of Carl Anthony Towns. And Jimmy Butler from last year, like giving each other high five going back to the huddle, which very strategic, right? Hey, everything's cool here. I'm wondering what do you think the reaction is inside Target Center tonight? What well, do you
2: think we talked about this?
1: I think do, like, do people feel genuinely jazzed up? Like, yes, yeah, so let's no. build off, build off a playoff run last year? Because it doesn't feel Damn like that at no. all to me. No,
2: I think I think Butler gets booed, but uh, Krasinski touched on this too. I think Tibbs gets absolutely lit up. I think Butler Butler is seen as a bad guy, but I think people despise Tibbs. And I asked this question before. You tell me this. What's the redeeming thing about Tibbs? Like with Butler, you can say, okay, if he plays, he's still going to play hard. He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's going to try. He's awesome. Yeah. But but if I ask you, give me the redeeming quality about Tibbs, what can you
1: give me? We both like steak. We both like J.D. Hoyts. Yeah.
0: Both like wings.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Looking to add wings.
1: Yeah. Do you, here, let me answer your question with a question. Yeah. Do you think Tom Thibodeau, if he gets booed tonight or or gets or gets some sampling of of you know negative blowback and and feedback, do you think he understands why? Or do you think he's just completely oblivious, like, whoa, wait, what I don't understand. Door two. Door but to he's him. oblivious. I think he
2: because if he was self aware, I'd yeah. feel like
1: all right. Well, at least you're choosing.
2: I think he honestly thinks, and this this is why he needs to be fired. I think he honestly thinks that he's doing the best
0: thing. See, I think he's I think he's well aware of th- how people, how the fans, and everything are, are viewing him. I just don't think he cares. I don't th- I don't think he cares. But don't you think he thinks he can win? Absolutely, and and common sense, says, and yeah. common
2: sense says your style of coaching, first of all, is an impediment to that.
1: Yeah, he's doing. We've we've hashed this out a little bit, but he's doing the best thing for him in his mind, which is, well, I want to win now. I'm going to keep the best player on the team now. Grunt, grunt, go forward, go forward. But the best thing for the franchise. Unless you're damn sure that you can put Jimmy Butler back in here and put this all together and get him to sign long term and keep him healthy through a long term contract that pays him 40 million a year, which is a whole another thing, the fact that you might even pay this guy somebody 200 million dollars over five years for 50 games a year, 60 games a year in a decline phase. Look at other Tom Thibodeau players. But I'm just, I, it's amazing to me that there isn't another path for him. To think, well, all right, yeah, this didn't work as well as I thought, but let's try to come up with another thing that's going to last for five years here. It's like that's not even an option in his mind. It's like there's one option, and it's Jimmy Butler, and it's but you know what? make or break season this year, in a year in which the Warriors are one of the great dynasties of all time still.
2: This entire fiasco, though, until the Spurs game, made us forget what a bad coach he is for basketball today. Like, you watch that Spurs game, and you're like, If Jimmy Butler said, Tom, I'm back and I love you, that style of basketball, that's not going to work to success. You
0: can't win today's NBA with this style of basketball.
1: And and all you need to know is, okay, is he a good teacher? Is he someone who can take someone and and iron out their flaws? Within the first five minutes, Andrew Wiggins took two contested two-pointers spinning around from 20 feet. The single most inefficient shot in basketball, and almost every team has ironed it out to the point where Carmelo Anthony apologized to the Rockets' bench after making a 20-footer in a preseason game. Like, I'm sorry, I know that's a bad shot. And it was a wide-open shot. And Andrew Wiggins clearly has not gotten the message from the guy who's supposed to communicate to his coach. Anyways, Wolves and Cavs tonight (laughs) from Target Center. (laughs) Um, So let's come back, switch gears, we'll talk some football, preview Vikings and And uh, Jets with Matthew Collar and also Sage Rosenfels joins the show.